Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series by H2 Tech, the Hydrogen Technology Journal from Gulf Energy Information. My name is Tyler Campbell, Managing Editor for H2 Tech, and your host for this week's H2 Tech Talk. Today, we are joined again by Sanjay Shrestha, uh, CSO for Plug Power. How, how are you doing today, Sanjay? Doing well, Tyler. Again, thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, of course, no problem. Like I said before, you, you're welcome anytime. I wasn't joking. So, um, to uh, I don't want to waste too much time, so we can just go straight in with, with with the first question. I think everybody's maybe familiar with yourself, and Plug Power is a pretty big deal, and what you did with the company. So, um, how about you tell us about the recent electrolyzer deals and the hard to decarbonize industries? So look, I think uh, coming back to the electrolyzer and hard to decarbonize industries, right? So Tyler, you, you keep pretty close track of what we're up to. So you must have seen some of the announcements we made with multiple different strategic customers and partners, right? Some in the uh, steel industry, some in the glass manufacturing industry, some in the aluminum industry. So, um, you know, we do see a lot of that traction happening, right? You know, we certainly have a lot of activity going on even in the refining industry right now. You know, which we obviously haven't talked a lot about yet, but uh, you know, I think uh, as we've said in the past, hydrogen is finding obviously a big role in not just the mobility market, but also in displacing fossil fuel as well as gray hydrogen in some of these existing industrial applications as well. Okay, and with some of these industrial applications, I mean, you mentioned glass manufacturing um, and you mentioned aluminum. I, I saw your press release about aluminum recycling. H how is green hydrogen used in these kind of these kind of um, uh, things? So when it comes to the glass manufacturing industry, right? So green hydrogen has been used. You know, you know. Look, I mean, I think application of green hydrogen in this particular case is one to displace gray hydrogen to make sure that the production process, you know, they've been already been using gray hydrogen for the production of glass manufacturing. So it's been an existing market. It's just really about green hydrogen starting to displace gray hydrogen, number one. But in case of the aluminum industry, right, it's really more about displacing natural gas in terms of, uh, you know, how do you actually start producing and, uh, you know, in the smelting process and things like that. So you're starting to actually displace natural gas in that particular case. You know, it's a little bit different when you talk about the steel industry, if you would, or the ammonia industry, right? In case of the steel industry, it's really about, uh, you know, the DRI process of how you manufacture steel, right? There's two ways to do steel, as you know. You know, one is by scrap, you know, steel as well as the DRI process. And in that particular situation, if you can actually use a lot of green hydrogen, if you can really use a lot of the uh, renewable electricity, that is really by far one of the best ways to decarbonize that industry because uh, I think every ton of steel manufacturing, I think, produces like 1.9 tons of CO2. And steel, as you know, accounts for about 7 to 9% of the CO2 emission, right? So that's really what happens in the steel industry. Uh, so, you, I mean, let's take a step back. I mean, you, you mentioned gray hydrogen and glass manufacturing. So, I mean, straight from gray to green i mean what what's the deal there i mean i guess typically when people talk gray hydrogen to decarbonize it, it would be like carbon capture involved but you're going straight to green why well I, here's the thing right i mean i think think about it. a couple of factors 
example, and you've heard me say this before, right? If I can produce green hydrogen and then turn around and sell green hydrogen at or similar price in gray hydrogen, why would people buy gray hydrogen going forward? Okay, that's one. Second is, and also one of the things we've done here, Tyler, is uh, we've actually uh, you know, been pretty successful with our five megawatt turnkey containerized shovel-ready, if you would, if that's the term I were to use with our electrolyzer product, right? So it's a five megawatt you know, product. All you need is essentially access to water and power, and the product is ready to go, right? And that five megawatt product ends up becoming a fantastic test product, if I may put it like that, for those that are looking to see, okay, let me actually start to do some of this on-site generation using electrolyzer, you know, and essentially sourcing renewable electricity to produce this green hydrogen on-site. We just make it easy for these customers to be able to adopt our electrolyzer that produces hydrogen on-site by essentially making, you know, a turnkey system, right? So that's really where, you know, we're able to actually help them go through, all right, let me start with, you know, five megawatt. And as that gains traction, then they can continue to go and say, I need 10 more of those five megawatts. I need 100 more of those five megawatts, right? That's why we're kind of getting the traction we're getting with this turnkey product in some of these end markets. Got it, got it. I mean, well, so you mentioned, of course, all you would need is is power and water. So where where's this power coming from? Well, that's a that now that is the key question, right? Look, I mean, I think um, in some cases uh, this power would likely be coming from the grid, right? Depending on the location, depending on which country you're talking about, right? And that actually probably is a good segue for us to talk a little bit about Finland as well. But before I go there, right? Like when you think about uh, you know whether it's a aluminum manufacturing, steel manufacturing, or glass manufacturing, depending on where you are, it can very well be the mix of uh, essentially renewable electricity complemented by the grid power. It could be grid power essentially using renewable electric, you know, RECs, right? Renewable um, energy credits. So it depends on where you are, which jurisdiction you happen to be in, and these do need actually stable source of power. So you can't just say that I'm going to use intermittent solar and wind. You're going to need to have some complement with the grid power but you will oversize your solar and wind so that you're still generating either excess rec. And if you're not doing that, you will actually end up buying those renewable energy credits from the other other players who has nuclear and hydro or even wind and solar renewable energy attributes. So there is no direct answer for this question, right? It really depends on the location, which is no different than what we plug are also trying to do in North America and in Europe in terms of our own green hydrogen generation uh, network that we're building here. So Tyler, right? So in Finland, for example, right? The question is why Finland? Why are we talking about this potential 2.2 gigawatt opportunity? Why are we talking about this three different location where one location is going to be about hydrogen and green ammonia. Another location is about hydrogen, right? And another location is going to be about how we can supply with uh, DRI, right? For, for the green steel industry. Why that particular location? Because 87% of that grid is already renewable, right? With uh, hydro, nuclear, and wind, right? Solar capacity is not that high in Finland. But having said that, we believe that you can actually have as much as 60% capacity factor for the wind industry. Keeps your cost of electricity low. You then complement that wind power with hydro and nuclear. And that's how you're really able to get the lowest possible source of that green electron to be able to do what I, what we're talking about here in this three different locations, right? 
Okay. I mean, it, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, I mean, you you brought up Finland. You you plug has uh what three hydrogen production um plants in Finland that uh, that were announced what a month ago. Uh, what makes Finland a good location for these facilities? Well, look, as, as I just mentioned, right, I think it's the access uh, and abundant availability of renewable electron at an attractive cost, number one. Number two, the you know, look, I mean, I think uh, we really appreciate Finland's uh, wanting to be the uh, leader here in terms of really meeting this whole uh, carbon targets by 2035. It's a, it's a great location from access to both electric grid as well as the gas grid, which allows you to even move hydrogen in a, you know, you know, in a lot of different ways. So the biggest thing though, right, is this is a location, those three strategic locations that we have identified all boils down to the fact that you have ample amount of renewable electrons to be able to produce green ammonia, to be able to produce this green steel, right, and to be able to really produce green hydrogen. That's why this is just a fantastic, fantastic location. Interesting. Okay, so uh, well, steel production you've mentioned a few times, um, and we both know it's a significant source of carbon emissions. So, how is Plug helping to decarbonize the steel industry? Well, I think, uh, as I said, right. I mean, so this even this Finland opportunity actually does play a role in that, right? So the location that we're talking, we have three locations here, right, and. Uh, one of the location is all about, uh, you know, that is going to be one gigawatt of electrolysis, but that's about liquid hydrogen that would support local use as well as export it to the other western part of the Europe. And we're actually going to spend a lot of time working with partners on producing green ammonia there. Right now, the another location is where we're doing one gigawatt of electrolysis that is going to essentially produce green hydrogen, which is going to be used to produce green steel by you know, deploying this DRI method, right? There's two ways to produce steel. DRI is one of those approach, right? So by using that green hydrogen, producing that DRI allows you to produce green steel. That's a pretty big step towards really decarbonizing the steel industry, right? So uh, this is in a bigger scale, if you would, you're talking about one gigawatt of electrolysis, that's a quite a bit of green hydrogen you're producing, you know, and then we're doing work with partners like Apex in Germany, right? Where uh, they're really looking at ways to decarbonize the steel industry. So we've got a lot of those activities going on where once they feel a level of comfort with our first five megawatt turnkey product, I'm sure there's a lot more that comes behind it. And that's really what we're trying to do, my friend, in terms of helping decarbonize the steel industry. I see. Um, and so where does this, does this go into uh, maybe cement and stuff like that eventually, maybe? I think so. I think eventually it does, right? So, uh, you know, I think so. But uh, but look, again, I think when you think about, uh, you know, kind of the opportunity set we're talking about in sort of the traditional industrial application, right? There's a lot of displacement opportunity. There is a lot of greenfield opportunity. But you're right. I'm sure at some point it would also go down that path as well. All right, Sanjay. I mean, uh yeah, a brief chat, but yeah, that's just basically what I wanted to get clarity on. Um, is there anything you want to talk about with plugs uh, plans in the, in the future with yeah, decarbonizing hard to abate industries? Look, I mean, I think um, we, uh, as you know, Tyler, right? Green hydrogen has a lot of tremendous application, and uh, 
role to play in decarbonizing these industries, whether it's steel, whether it's glass, whether it's aluminium, whether it's refining industry, whether it's ammonia industry, right? And I think not to mention the fact that I will certainly help play such a big role in decarbonizing the transportation industry. Another food for thought that I might leave folks with, right? And uh, this is something maybe we should talk about more at some point, Tyler, is how green hydrogen and hydrogen can truly help decarbonize electric grid and without a real mega scale hydrogen, you know, hydrogen pipeline, long duration storage, you know, that is really the path to think about and envision an electric grid that can be 100% renewable without really impacting the rate case and without really impacting the price of power going up. Yeah, that's definitely worth a conversation. Um, yeah, sometime soon, right? You, know, you could be a regular guest on the podcast at this point. Absolutely, my friend. Sometimes soon sounds great. Yeah, well, uh, perfect. Uh, thank you. Thank you again for, um, you know, taking some time to hop on the podcast. I know you're, I know you're busy. I know you're just getting back from, um, uh, you're getting in from a flight. So I appreciate you taking some time for me. Not a problem at all, Tyler. Happy to be part of it and really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode of H2 Tech Talk. Uh, please remember to share and subscribe.